Dave here, and today we're going to do another podcast episode, and um, we're going to talk about the idea of letting art do the talking, um, and the reason why I kind of decided to uh, talk about this is because I've seen plenty of artists on YouTube that don't do voiceovers for their content. They essentially just do live streams sometimes where, again, they don't even talk in the video. They just kind of record themselves or stream their painting process um, in real time. And to me, that's kind of interesting because they have a decent following. And if you check their feed, they don't have a video where they actually talk. And because um, whenever you're doing a YouTube video, it's kind of expected that you do voiceovers, right? But it is, I think, because I've seen it, it is possible to uh, do them, to do videos where you're not um, talking, where you're essentially, let, where you're essentially, fuck me, um, letting the art, your art, do the talking. There's also this artist named Momo uh, Mononex. Mononex, I think both of these guys were girls. Um, I think the, the meh, I don't really know how to pronounce the, uh, the YouTube channel name, but both of these, um, I believe they're both Korean. Um, one does the, the real-time live streams, and the other one does an edited version of his sketching process. He does a lot of portraits of babes and stuff, but he hardly talks in his videos as well. Um, he does edit the videos. He kind of cuts the in-betweens whenever he does his sketches. And um, they kind of feel like ASMR, where you can actually hear the pencil run through the uh, the sheet of paper. And I, I have found commonalities between both of these artists. Um, first of all, they're very consistent. They have... And the, the, the consistency in their work is kind of broken down into a couple of things. For example, their style. Um, if you check their feed, their video kind of playlist... Um, they have the same style, or it's pretty consistent. You know, they have a certain look to their work. Like, if you see the thumbnail of their video, you'll automatically understand that it's that guy. And um, it's not just a style, but I've found that they have the same kind of setup for the videos. For one guy, he has a camera on the side, and it's kind of slanted looking down on his sketchbook. And then the other guy, the live stream guy or girl, um, this artist actually uses a very old version of Photoshop, I think CS3 or something, and it's the same kind of viewpoint, um, the same kind of um, Photoshop setup, the same brushes, and, you know, it's not just the style, but it's the, the setup. For, uh, for both of these artists, I think they have more of a an anime-ish kind of style. Granted, it's different because they're both different artists, but they have the kind of East Asian kind of lean because they're both Korean, so it makes sense. Um, and then the setup, one is the traditional guy and the other is the um, the digital Photoshop old version CS3 guy. And the fact that I can name them in this way or describe them in this way is cool because it's so specific to that or to, to them specifically. Fuck. <laughs> And I think this is what works for, um, I think it, this is what makes their work kind of memorable, even if they don't even talk. Most of their videos, um, or 99.9% .9 of their videos, is them just making the art. 
And um, aside from style, aside from the, the setup, they also have posting frequency. It's essentially the, the amount of times they've posted, say, in a week. For the traditional sketching guy, um, he posts pretty much every day, like daily, like one video a day. And it's so fascinating. This guy has like about close to 300k subscribers on his YouTube channel. And the other guy or girl, it's hard to uh, tell, but the li the live stream Photoshop CS3 artist has about 80k. And it's so interesting because not one sound from the videos, it's just like a solid live stream, at least for the traditional sketching guy. Sometimes we'll do like a tutorial where he does talk in Korean, but it's super rare. But uh, it's pretty interesting seeing their posting consistency. Um, so you could either do it, you can either do it daily or you could do like a few videos a week for the um, the CS3 guy or girl, the Photoshop live stream person. Um, they post like a few videos a week, but it's pretty consistent. You know, like you can see in their feed, like you can tell that this person is a regular poster. So they have the same style or if you're one artist, it's best if you have one style or one similar kind of notable style or look to your work. Um, it's good if you have some kind of setup. Say, pick one program. For me, it's Clip Studio Paint. I switched from um, Photoshop to uh, CSP. Uh, for the other guy, he doesn't have like a digital program. He uses like a traditional sketchbook. So that's kind of his setup. Um, aside from style, aside from setup, you also have the posting frequency. So you could do daily videos or you, you could do like weekly um, videos. There's this artist also named uh, Colleen. She's a based in the Philippines. Um, she does like one video a week and she kind of blew up on YouTube. Um, and it's pretty cool. If you check out her feed, it's the same. The thumbnails are pretty similar. Um, it's, she has the same kind of setup. Her videos aren't even that long. They're more, they lean more towards uh, tutorial types of videos. And, um, she does post like once a week and, you know, she did blow up in YouTube and it's pretty cool seeing that. Um, like I think she did like an eye tutorial. And then it just kind of, like, it just went, okay, she just got, like, so many subs, like, within, like, a month or something. And I think her consistency did help with that um, process. So, and of course, posting frequency leads to that volume of work. So once someone actually sees, like, one video of yours, I think it's best if you have, like, a, enough videos for them to, like, understand that you are consistent, you know? So for them to see the style, for them to see the the setup, or for them to see the posting frequency, they do need to see a number of videos on your channel. Um, so that's going to take some time. So when it comes to consistency, it helps if you have style, if you have a good setup, like it's the same kind of like thumbnails, same program. It helps if you have a consistent posting frequency, whether it be daily, um, a few videos a week, or one video a week depends on you and it helps if you have a volume of work established or published um so once one person or once the the audience member or once the visitor or fuck person <laughs> visits like or sees one video they can click on your um username or channel name and then once they can see that like big volume of videos that you've done and it's pretty consistent it's pretty um cohesive i guess they're more likely to subscribe and follow your work 
So I think it's, if you have these four, you don't even have to talk um, in your videos and you can just let the, the art um, kind of do the, the work for you. Um, and another thing aside from consistency that kind of makes their work um, work where they don't have to talk through their videos, where they don't have to narrate or do voiceovers or do some kind of audio commentary is their cross-platform skill or ability. They usually have more than one platform. So this is the, the, the part where you add your links. And they usually don't have just one. Like They're not just in YouTube. I found, for example, for these guys, I think the live stream Photoshop uh, artist has a Twitter and they have like a decent following. Shit. <coughs> Excuse me. And I think that guy or girl has a decent following on Twitter as well. So sometimes I think the the viewers or the followers from Twitter kind of transfer in or transfer to um YouTube. Because I think this artist does link the video on YouTube to the, the Twitter account. So I think aside from having that consistency in your work through style, setup, posting frequency, and volume of established work, I think it's good to have multiple plat blah, 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 blah. I think it's good fuck me. It's good to have multiple platforms to um capitalize on different types of audience members or followers. Cause some folks use Twitter, some use Instagram. So it's good to have like a wide net in the the interwebs and then you can kind of funnel them through whatever your um main platform is for me it's youtube i think for most of us it's going to be youtube because it's not just a social media platform it's a it's a search engine as well so it's kind of the best of both worlds and i think if you're kind of a digital artist this is the place to be i think um it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to not have a youtube channel in my uh based on my observation it's kind of hard to survive in this uh era without a video kind of channel um so yeah for me i'm kind of thinking about splitting my workload into um these different flat platforms for example when it comes to like images um like solid jpegs or pngs i can just use twitter or instagram um now what's cool about twitter if you're not aware you can actually post not safe for work stuff there and whenever you're doing like human anatomy or figure drawing studies, I think this is the place to be. Because in Instagram, it's kind of like a... You can get banned if you do enough of them. You know, if your post gets reported, it's kind of... You know, it's kind of sad. Like, your whole account can can get taken away in an instant. And that's kind of sad. But uh, in Twitter, you do have an option where you can set your profile to be sensitive. So whenever you post something, there's kind of like a sensitive option where if you do set it people are aware that it's going to be sensitive content and um, even on their side they can click a certain option where they can see that sensitive media or content automatically so you don't have to worry about the whole banning thing because i think at twitter you can actually post porn if you've seen <laughs> twitter you you do see like a decent amount of porn there if you find or if you try hard enough you'll find it um and you do see a lot of not safer work art there, so I think it's it's a great way to post your studies, like figure drawing or human anatomy studies. And of course, if you're doing more erotic kinds of artwork, 
which I'm very interested, which I am very interested in doing because that's kind of just me. Um, I think whether it's the, uh, it, it, it's a good image platform. Yes, you can post videos, but uh, I think it's better to be in YouTube. Now, obviously in YouTube, you can't really post these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, when it comes to images, I think the two main social media platforms are obviously Twitter and the Instagram. Instagram is the, because in Twitter is actually more interactive because you can like comment and it's more like conversational compared to um, Instagram. Instagram is more visual than Twitter. Twitter is visual, but there's a bit of conversation happening. I mean, you still have comments on Instagram, but it's not as lively and it's hard to like reply and stuff like that. It's not really, it's not really meant to be conversational. Um, the other side of posting images, it's, uh, you can post your images, not just in these two main social media platforms. Um, granted, I'm assuming you are an artist, so I'm pretty sure you're aware of ArtStation and DeviantArt. So for these two sites, it's mainly for artists, by artists. So I think it's definitely a way to reach your core audience. And it's mostly going to be artists, I think, because we do like to, uh, share our work and compare ourselves you know to other um to different types of artists and it's good to like find inspiration so i think putting your work on artstation and deviant art is the way to go for right now i don't have an artstation account for davi and i you know the same goes for deviant art and i do have to add them in to my um links so i do have to make that thing happen um and i actually haven't posted anything on my twitter and instagram um as of this recording so i do have to you know catch up because i did make a rebrand or i did rebrand my whole thing um so for the images you do have twitter instagram and of course artstation and uh, the event art so these are the the cross platforms now for the videos again you do have youtube and tiktok is kind of a big thing i'm not a very huge fan of tiktok but it's the place to be that's where the most of the the folks are the younger generation, so fuck it, you know. Um, I, you have to adapt, you know. And for YouTube, it's obviously easier to do longer versions of videos. TikTok is mainly for shorter videos, so um, yeah, you could use YouTube and TikTok to share your video content. Um, so when it comes to making videos or making your content. You don't have to do voiceovers. You don't have to do audio commentary because it is quite possible for as long as you have that consistency and you have like a cross-platform kind of um, presence on the interweb. So for consistency, fuck me, for consistency, it's good to have style, like a solid style that people can see and that kind of stands out and is kind of consistent. No shit. Um, it's good to have a solid setup, same program. Um, same kind of thumbnails. Um, it's good to have that posting frequency, uh, daily videos, um, bi-weekly or maybe weekly videos. Um, and it's obviously good to have that solid volume of work where you have things established, which makes it um, easier for the person to follow you or subscribe to your channel. Um, it just it just provides its extra sense of proof. Um, it shows that you've done this thing long enough, and you know it, it adds more confidence to the. The other side. Um, so aside from consistency, it's good to have a presence in different platforms, to have that cross-platform kind of preferences, and uh, where you essentially have like a bunch of links or like a link in bio kind of thing. 
Um, for me, I use beacons. There are many kinds of link in bio um, mobile sites like all of my links, um, Linktree, um, Direct Me, I think. And you know, there's obviously more, but for me, I personally use my Beacons um, page because it's very, very customizable. So, and I do recommend it. It's free, by the way. It's free, by the way, and it's super cool. Um, you can always remove the the tag beneath if you do want to upgrade. I think so. Um, so yeah. So when it comes to images, I do recommend Twitter, Instagram, ArtStation, and the EventArt. Now, for ArtStation, you can post like not safer work stuff, but it's kind of it does have like a safe, like a mature kind of thing, warning. So that's kind of okay. But if you're going for a very pornographic kind of content, you know, you're going to have to use Twitter, I think. Twi uh, ArtStation is more of a, it's pretty heavy on the professional side. Event art is more public. It's more, it's more of a community. ArtStation is more of a portfolio site. Event art is where, it's, it's a bit more fun, I think, compared to ArtStation. Um, so when it comes to images, I think it's good to have these platforms kind of present if you're a digital artist or even a traditional artist or, or traditional artist i think um and for the videos i do recommend youtube no shit and tiktok now tiktok again i'm not a very big fan of it but i have to adapt um in these trying times um so i essentially have to do like two types of videos maybe or maybe do like a one main video for youtube and then, and then just clip the video or the main shit sorry and then just clip the main video so like a minute or so and then post that clip or a shorter time lapse on TikTok. And for these, I don't even have to do like audio because from my audio, I do have, guess what? This podcast, you know, I do have it like it's um, hosted on Red Circle, um, but I do have it on Spotify and a bunch of other platforms. That's, that's kind of automatic with the, the Red Circle kind of um, site. Or hosting site so i do have my spotify spotify account so that's cool um so it's good to have consistency and a solid presence in a lot of different platforms so make sure you're consistent and you're kind of cross-platformed cross-platformed <laughs> is that a word um and yeah so yeah you don't even have to do voiceovers for your um, videos um, um, and you can just kind of let the art just be, you can do like a, a live stream or a real time thing, or you could do like a, a time-lapse version, but you don't even have to talk in your videos. You can just let the art do the talking. Now, but the reason why I wanted to explore this, excuse me. Is because I do want to save time. And the fact that I've seen other artists do this is kind of inspirational or it just it gives me a possibility or a different route to uh, try. And I think this year, this 2022, or I can even start now, um, this December 2021, um, I want to try with this kind of approach where I don't do a lot of talking in the YouTube channel or in TikTok, whatever. Um, I can just kind of let the art do the talking. And I want to focus more on the consistency, the style, the setup, the the posting frequency, and the volume of work. And of course, I want to build that cross-platform presence. Um, Twitter, Instagram, um, ArtStation, DeviantArt, YouTube, and TikTok. So I want to try that and kind of split everything to kind of make it more 
easier, I guess. And obviously, the audio for the podcast, for the pod, or the audio kind of content for, or in Spotify. Um, I may have to add Apple Podcasts to the list. Um, I do have to set that thing. Uh, or to, um, I do have to set it up, essentially. So yeah, there are benefits, I guess. First of all, it's clear. There's less clutter in your platforms. Um, everything is essentially segmented and split. So for each platform, you have like one specific kind of content. Um, say for Twitter, you do have the, the the not safer work stuff, perhaps. For Instagram, you have the safer work stuff. Um, it depends on how you want to treat both of these. You could post the same thing. Um, but for me, I think I'll focus more on the the not safer work stuff on Twitter and then the, the safer work stuff for Instagram. Um, more or less. And then, yeah, it's just easier to do it that way. For example, for the, uh, for example, for the audio, I can just focus on the podcast to do the audio. Um, and it's just easier to uh, do that sort of thing. Um, and then for the videos, obviously I can just publish that on YouTube mainly. And of course on TikTok. And by segmenting things or splitting things up or by splitting things up this way, Jesus Christ, um, I think I'm able to produce more. I haven't done it yet, but it's kind of like where I want to go. Because um, again, you're not doing everything for each platform. You're doing one specific thing for a specific platform. Um, where there's like one specific thing for one specific platform. So it's not going to be as heavy where you have to do, to do like a video with a voiceover and then clip it. And there, there's just so much work involved if you do that. Um, I think it's better to uh, split things up. Um, and yeah, I'm going to try this approach and excuse me, and see how this um, whole thing kind of turns out. I'll try it for maybe... Shit, I'll try it for maybe uh, six months. Shit, it's kind of a bold, ambitious claim. Um, maybe I'll stop in summer or I'll, I'll try to regroup and see how my what my progress is during summertime. Um, so that's me kind of putting myself out there and being accountable. <laughs> um, so another reason why if this could work, you know, like not talking in your videos is yes, it creates less clutter. It's um, it's going to make your work more um, specific, clear. clear. Um, it may also help you produce more since it's going to be more specific. But I think this also encourages people to be to visit your other platforms because if they want the audio or if they want to see or hear your thoughts for example for me you can shit <coughs> cunt um christ you know i feel like i'm rushing this video or this podcast so i'm sorry because um, i feel like i have to do so much or i have to talk about like a bunch of things but yeah, I think um, it's going to help also people want to visit your different platforms just because you're not putting everything into one thing. So if they want to see videos, they can check out your YouTube. If they want to see like uh, snapshots or breakdowns, whips, work in progress kinds of shots, they can check out your Instagram or Twitter, right? If they want to see your not safer work stuff, you could uh, post it on Twitter. Um, obviously, if you want like a paid version, you can do like an OnlyFans or like a Patreon or 
buy me a coffee. I do have a buy me a coffee. Um, I still have to figure out what to uh, post there. Um, but um, yeah, it does encourage people to visit your different platforms. And again, I think I tried to say this. Um, uh, when it comes to the audio, since I'm posting the videos on YouTube, and since the idea of this whole talk is letting art do the talking, when it comes to YouTube videos, I don't have to talk in those um, videos. I can just do the the artwork, record it, and then publish it on YouTube. Maybe add some music. Who knows? Or maybe no music. Um, depends. And then I can just leave it as it is and then separate the audio or the the conversational stuff in this podcast, you know, on Spotify or whatever. Um, so if people want a different side of uh, the content, they can always hit the links and then find what they need to find. You know, I only have, I think it's helpful to have like one link in bio kind of link. And it just helps people to see that it's, first of all, it's easier on the eyes if you have like just one link in your description box. Because I've seen plenty of artists, not just artists, but people in general where they have like a bunch of links on the, on the description thing and it's just like overwhelming and it's hard to like navigate and it's just you're less likely to click even one of these if there's so many so i think it's helpful to have like a one link in bio and even in your link in bio kind of mobile website don't overdo it you know have like a couple of um links and don't worry so much about adding everything just add the essential parts you can always add links once they click like one link they can like follow the links on that link you know what i mean so it's kind of like a web of links and you're not overwhelming the the person in just one um go so you know tone it down make it like a step-by-step thing kind of lead the person in instead of like punching them in the face with like a bunch of different links um and yeah so if you're kind of struggling with making content on youtube or whatever especially video content you don't have to uh talk essentially and there are artists that have done this and they do have a decent following on their uh, channel on youtube and um, given the the watch or the view viewership kind of rate i think they have a high engagement in their uh, just, just check out the comments and they do have like a decent amount of engagement now for the the live stream photoshop person artist not a lot of comments in the youtube um in the channel but it's nice to have a decent amount of subs there because they can like lead you in or you can like pull them in funnel them into your uh, service your product your course whatever your business model is or whatever you're selling um so it is possible to be able to uh let your art do most of the talking now if you want to talk maybe start a podcast you know um i do recommend red circle just because it's it's pretty new and um it does have like a sponsorship thing you can like sponsor this this video by um donating once or donate kind of like a you could like donate in a recurring manner like monthly no shit um so you know if you want to monetize yourself you can do that so you know i do recommend red circle um and yeah make sure it's on spotify apple podcast whatever um and um yeah it is possible to do this i've seen others do it and i'm going to try this um this 2022 and i'm going to see how this thing goes um 
And I think I'm going to try and reassess things when I hit summer 2022 and see how much I've progressed or if it's actually working. I want to see if it, I want to see if it's actually working, but I do need to give myself enough time to be able to, to be able to see if this thing actually works. Um, so I do have to be consistent again in terms of style, in terms of setup, in terms of posting frequency, in terms of uh, volume of work. You know, I do need a bunch of videos. Um, for the style, I'm still struggling with it, you know. I don't really have a style yet, I think. Um, I do have a lean, very, very impressionistic, but I also like rendering stuff sometimes, especially when it comes to, like, anatomy. You know, I do like fleshing things out a bit more. Kind of like Anthony Jones and Mark is, or not Mark, but Milan Nikolic. They're both heavy on the, the creature designs. Um, so yeah, style still needs some work on my side. Setup, I do have Clip Studio Paint. Um, and it used to record in OBS, but in Clip Studio Paint, you actually have a feature where you can record a time lapse. Um, you can't see the brush um, cursor or anything. It just records the, the brush stroke. Um, it does have a limitation. It only goes to like 1280p. Or to 1280 something um so it's not like hd full hd like 1920 by 1080 but you can always expand the um um the video the mp4 or the the time lapse mp4 and sharpen it in whatever program or video editing program you're using and that's kind of uh, i've tried doing tests of this kind of process and it does work i think so no worries um, it is possible to do that. I used again. I used to use OBS, but I think I'm going to stick to uh, Clip Studio Paint's um, built-in recording time-lapse feature. Um, and in Clip Studio Paint, you can make a document where it records the session once you open a new document. Um, you have like a small tick box in the bottom of the of the the dialog of the dialog document box. Fuck. And you can just hit that and check mark or check the, the record time-lapse um, thing. So that's my setup. Again, I'm focused on Clip Studio Paint. And I do have the same brushes, which you can check out on my links. Um, just, check my, just check my Beacons page or my link in bio. Um, and you'll find my brushes there. My brushes there. Um, now, posting frequency. Since I don't have to do voiceovers every day or with the videos during and after the videos i think i can post now i'm being ambitious here but fuck it i think i can post three videos a day um they may not be that long because it's kind of like in time lapse version but i'm going to be focusing more i guess on sketches so maybe that can be part of my setup where i'm not doing heavy detail paintings i'm doing more like quick speed paintings or sketches um, but given this kind of setup, I think I can post maybe on average three videos a day. Um, five days a week, fuck it. Maybe seven days a week, very, very ambitious, but I think it's quite possible. Um, but at least I can post like one video a day, kind of like the, the, the MMO Manex guy. I'm not sure how it's spelled, but it, it, it has that name or that similar kind of um, name channel name but uh, he does post like one video a day and this guy is super consistent um so yeah i can try that um i can do like three videos a day um more or less 
at least one video a day, but I, sh I should try and aim for like three um, videos a day. Um, and given this ease in posting frequency, since I'm not even doing voiceovers during and after doing the video or, or recording the video, um, I can reach that volume of established work pretty quickly. So maybe, you know, within a month or two, fuck it, maybe three months, I'll have like a number of videos. Let's see. Um, let me just do my quick math here. Maybe it is possible. Um, so yeah. In three months, I can have like a couple of hundred, a couple of hundred videos posted, published on my YouTube channel. And I think that provides enough confidence that I can, that, you know, that I'm doing this thing consistently. So that's something that I could do. Now for the cross platform thing, um, I do have to set up my, my art station and my event art. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I do have a YouTube channel. My Twitter, it's pretty much there. My Instagram is there as well. It doesn't have anything on it, but um, eventually I'm going to add, obviously, um, some content in there. And um, I do have to write, I guess, the, the membership thing. Now, for some, you could use Patreon. You could use, I guess, OnlyFans for more risky stuff. For me, I'm using Buy Me A Coffee. Um, it has a nice... Um, design it's pretty simple it's easy on the eyes um and it does fit my my color scheme my main color color scheme for my brand is yellow so it's not that bad it fits perfectly for my um channel kind of theme um maybe in the future i can do like an OnlyFans. who knows because it's kind of like a you know it's kind of meant to be because i guess it's heavy on the um the adult thing so like you have to be verified as an adult to be on that site so it kind of attracted a lot of you know it, it made sense it, it kind of attracted you know certain types of performing um artists or individuals and uh, i think it's it's a perfect place to not be to be safe when it comes to more risky types of artwork because um, in patreon unless you're a big name it's kind of wishy-washy um I mean, the biggest name that I know that does not save her work would have to be Sakimi Chan. And she does have like a big, big following on Patreon or membership. And she's pulling in a lot, pulling in a lot of money um, in that side. So, but again, it's kind of wishy washy. Um, even for buying me a coffee, um, it does have a policy where it it doesn't want to be. Since it does use PayPal and Stripe, it doesn't want to be associated, I guess, with more risky stuff, like not safer work stuff. But here's the thing. It does have a feature, like Buy Me A Coffee has a feature where you can say your work is sensitive or it does have sensitive content, like not safer work content. Like you have to be like 18 plus to view this um, 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 channel or this kind of user thing. So it's kind of weird. It does say... It doesn't want to be that, but it provides you the option to um, set your work to be not safe for work. So I'm like, fuck, 
Um, I guess it wants to lean more, or it wants to weed out pornographic stuff, I guess. But if you're doing art content that's not safe for work, I'm kind of like, ugh. You're kind of walking a very um, iffy, unclear, vague. There's a bit of a gray area, I guess. Um, even in, again in Patreon and in Buy Me a Coffee, there's a gray area when it comes to not safe for work stuff. Um, uh, if you if you want to be if you want to go all the way, um, OnlyFans. Now, I did try making an OnlyFans, but it's kind of hard to. Um, I've tried I've, I've tried verifying or getting a verification for my account, but I've been rejected like two times now, and I think it's because I don't have enough work on my other linked like Twitter and Instagram accounts, and I think you have to post like your face a bunch of times so. I think I'd rather just focus on building myself up in these different platforms, and then eventually, if I want to do, if I want to uh, move my membership, I can do that on OnlyFans. Um, but right now, I think Buy Me a Coffee is a a decent membership site, and it's it, you know there's a bit of a gray zone there where you can post not safe for work stuff. Um, I j- I just have to be extra careful. I can't go overboard when it comes to like gore or whatever, because it. I don't think Buy Me A Coffee wants to be associated too much with that work. So maybe Human Anatomy Studies, it's kind of like a safe artsy kind of content. So um, I think it's quite possible to uh, push that. But I may get banned, so fuck it. Um, which is fine, because I can always eventually move to OnlyFans. If I'm trying to do more um, adult work, you know. <laughs> or adult types of content, art content, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah. So the... If you're trying to do art, you don't have to actually talk in your videos. You can just let the the art do the talking for as long as you have um, a cross-platform presence and you have that sense of consistency. I've mentioned them. Um, Style, setup, frequency in posting, volume of established work, and for the the cross-platform thing, Twitter, Instagram, ArtStation, DeviantArt, YouTube, TikTok, and maybe a bunch of membership sites if you want to. Buy me a coffee, Patreon, um, coffee, uh, Ko-Fi, Ko-Fi, fuck. Um, and um, OnlyFans, <laughs> if you want to. Um, so that's it for this video. Hopefully this um, podcast, fuck, this podcast, sorry. Hopefully this podcast episode um, helps you. Um... You don't have to do this, but it is a it is um, a possibility or an avenue or or a a path you can take, especially if you're trying to uh, be more productive. Be more productive if you, if you want to post more content. Maybe tone down on trying to do pretty much everything and kind of creating different versions of it for different sites. I think it's. It could be, or what could work for you is splitting up your content, um, audio for like your podcast, podcast or podcasts, um, video for YouTube or TikTok, images for, you know, ArtStation, DeviantArt, Instagram, Twitter. You don't have to have everything, but, you know, I think it's good to have like a wide net of these different platforms. So you don't always have to talk. You can just let your art do the uh, talking. So... Keep drawing, keep painting, keep learning, and stay free.